News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Donald Trump's immunity claims in elect- about election interference have been denied by a federal appeals court. And Larry Donnelly, University of Galway law lecturer and political columnist with the journal, joins us now. Um, Larry, explain to us where we're at now. This isn't quite the end of the road for Donald Trump in terms of this case. No, it, it certainly was a setback from for, for President Trump. But the appeals court effectively decided that granting blanket immunity uh, from criminal prosecution to former presidents was just a step way too far. Uh, now, he, he, it remains to be seen what's going to happen now. A few things could happen. The U.S. Supreme Court could actually decline to hear uh, the appeal that Trump will make. Uh, and if they do that, then uh, the trial uh, for, you know, about what happened on January 6th would take place in a relatively short, or could take place in a relatively short time scale. Uh, alternatively, uh, the court could hear the appeal, uh, but do it on an expedited basis, in which case, again, uh, you know, the date for a, a trial uh, on what happened on January 6th, the date might be summertime, uh, might be a little bit later than that. Again, the court, I'm not just, you know, it would be a collision between uh, the legal and the political process. Or lastly, in the base, best case scenario for Trump, the court could say, yes, we'll hear the appeal, but not expedite the timescale yeah. uh, in which this wouldn't happen until after the election. And the timescale is important here, isn't it? Because if, if Trump is president, for example, when this, this case is heard, that does change things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's also, you know, theories in terms of what he could do and yeah. what he could order the Justice Department and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's a setback for Trump, but uh, it, what the Supreme Court chooses to do uh, is going to be fundamentally important here. And the Supreme Court, of course, has a conservative majority. Is that part of the backstory here? Yeah, that's part of the backstory. The, the other part of the backstory here is the Supreme Court has also set uh, to hear the appeal from the Trump team uh, on his disqualification from the ballot uh, in the state of Colorado. So there's already uh, a Trump-related election matter uh, on the court's plate as it is. Uh, so again, juggling all of these different things uh, is an awkward one. And the court, of course, is concerned uh, for its own institutional reputation, which has taken some serious hits. And there's real reticence uh, again, among some of the judges to get involved uh, with uh, an inherently political process, because this collision course between the judiciary uh, and the political system is something we've never seen before in American public life. Yeah. And I know you and I have said this many times over the last number of months, but this is extraordinary, isn't it? Uh, like case after case after case, a political nominee who, who who looks like he will be the Republican presidential nominee and may well end up the president. To have this level of, of I suppose, legal entanglements, if you, I, I don't know how to describe them. There, there's so many different things coming out of it. It, it, it borders on the bizarre. Yeah, absolutely. And there are a multiplicity of factors to try to untangle here. You have the legal arguments on their own. Uh, and again, there are some compelling points made uh, on both sides uh, of each of these arguments, whether it's uh, him being on the ballot uh, or, uh, you know, his his disqual- his, uh, you know, immunity. You have all of those legalities on one side, but then you have bigger, broader issues uh, in terms of the relationship between the various branches of the United States government, uh, what takes priority, the legal process, 
uh, or the political process. These are big, big, big picture issues. Uh, and for all sorts of good reasons, uh, the court is very wary uh, about how to deal uh, with all this yeah. stuff because we really are in unprecedented territory. Lastly, Larry, before I let you go, the Nevada primary, uh, Trump not on the ballot paper, Nikki Haley still, despite Trump not being on the ballot paper, managed to, to only poll 31%. Uh, um, none of the above candidates, I, I presume which was a vote for Trump, uh, polled 61.8%. Is that the end of her, her political run, do you think? It, it certainly doesn't help. I mean, Nevada will have a caucus as well. Again, another weird wrinkle of the American system. Uh, Trump is the only candidate on the ballot. He's going to get all the delegates from Nevada. Uh, and look, the polling data from South Carolina, her home state, where the race heads next, shows Trump way, way ahead. So to me, uh, this really has to be close to, if not the absolute end uh, of the road for Nikki Haley. Her money people aren't going to continue to fund her in what is going to be a losing bid. Thank you very much for speaking to us this morning. That is Larry Donnelly there, University of Galway law lecturer and political columnist with The Journal. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.